Hi, this is Paulie the Bully again, episode 8, uh, titled uh, Chapter 23, Enclosing an Analogy. In closing, I'd like to share the following. I've been deeply moved writing about the Vegas shooter shooting, and while writing, a moment of grief overtook me. I began a violent sobbing that lasted for several minutes. Then it struck me that this happened once before to this writer when JFK was killed on 11-22-63. Another day of infamy. It was like too much to bear. All this destruction is so heavy on the mind that it needed to be released immediately, like a pressure cooker about to explode unless it had a way to vent the buildup. Promoting a look at our violent history with so many mass shootings and assassinations, the questions that arise begs for an answer. So I thought explaining the process that motivated this story be as an analogy and hopefully some insight to the evilness that is lurking in the darkness and is all around us. It is like a cancer spreading its destructiveness on a massive scale. So I've drawn an analogy with myself and the movie director Alfred Hitchcock, who had similar reaction as he tried to get into the mind of that notorious killer that was the model for his movie, Psycho. Mr. Hitchcock had to seek out counseling for some of the dark thoughts he had during and after the direction of that film. In my case, I had a similar reaction when exploring the mind of the Vegas shooter, which I attempt to show what he may have been thinking when he pulled that trigger that killed so many in, in Las Vegas. That is going to be later in the work and is currently in the chapter A Clear and Present Danger earlier, earlier in my book. <clears throat> that will follow. What I think both of us discovered, that is, Alfred Hitchcock and myself, is that this phenomenon is only natural for a writer and a director. It is a curiosity looking for possible reasons for this terrible, terrible deeds of, of inhumane activity. What I think we should also strive is that there are possible ways to curtail these terrible events and that too will be discussed further in f future lessons. This life's journey that we all embark upon when born is not each, each of us doing but we are brought into this world by someone else. We must realize it's the blessing and a gift and not to be ended so quickly as those innocent victims of mass shootings. Looking to stop these violent acts must be the number one priority of our society. No more mass shootings by curtailing glorification of violence is the first step. We must elect politicians that care about the common man. Looking to their needs to restore their hope is the second step. Writers, poets, actors, TV and movie makers but show us the good that happens each day in this great land. Put aside human destruction as folks. 
Leave it alone. Let it fester in a cesspool where it belongs. We are a proud and mostly just and caring nation. Let that message resound throughout this land. Our prayer is that the society must turn away from any glorification of violence. Let us end our love of weapons and remove weapons of war off our streets. Also give those perpetrators no recognition, keeping their names off the news. Leave that solely to law enforcement to deal with. If we celebrate the love of life and smell the flowers more, it will surely counteract the malaise of human destructiveness that is so prevalent in our society today. It is our prayer that this will occur. Amen to that, Baba. And with our fervent hope, what we write here will be looked at in the light of day. Alright, this is Pauline the Bowling with session number 27. Uh, the title of this s- segment is The Yellow Hair Curse. Okay, Baba. I got a theory about the whole thing with George Alexander Custer and his defeat at the Little Bighorn those many moons ago. And just how and just how maybe that plays into today's scenario. So let's get started. Several factors contributed to Custer's defeat. One, the force he was to confront was grossly underestimated. Two, the 7th Cavalry was poorly trained and the rifles only had one shot and tended to overheat. He left the Gatling guns at the fort, thinking they would slow him down. His officers under him hated him and thought him to be a glory-hunting, self-centered egotist who had no concern for his troops. Parentheses, sound familiar? Question mark, parentheses, close. Five, he split his command by sending two companies one to the left and one to the right, resulting losing the high ground, which was taken by the Indians. This gave the combats a 10 to one advantage. Six, Sitting Bull, who was reported to have not taken part in the conflict, was safely away in a cave meditating. He had a vision that Yellow Hair, his term for Colonel Custer, would be defeated and a major victory for the Sioux Nation was in the cards. I can only guess that Sitting Bull, who was a great believer in destiny, was able to foresee the future, and his vision was although they prevailed here this at this time, the future had disastrous things in store. As history tells us, what, what actually happened, the aftermath, Many Indian tribes were desiccated by several massacres and were pushed into reservations and forced to leave their lands. A terrible mark on this nation's legacy. Seven, so what did Sitting Bull do, do about all this? He called upon the great chief to place a curse 
on all yellow-haired leaders who disregard humane treatment of all the peoples. This curse could actually defeat and bring to justice these current perpetrators of hate and fear that so prevail today. Just as it did to Colonel Custer those many moons ago. That last moment for Custer was unusual in that Custer was was surrounded and his troops gravely wounded and dying. He had this last moment. He envisioned the bullet that was directed at his forehead coming at him in slow motion. He had a sudden realization that soon it would end for him. He had one regret that he did not have a more humane approach to his duties. But he felt a pride that he had served his country with honor and dedication. As the bullet entered his brain, he made a salute to all his fallen comrades, and then the darkness fully engulfed him. It was noted later by two Indian maidens who watched this all transpire that he was covered with a blanket woven by them so we have a safe journey to the afterworld. And so it ended this one of the most severe losses to our 7th Cavalry, and now takes its place in history. Surely more efforts should have been done, in hindsight, to reach an anical settlement of, of, to enable the peace to remain without these terrible battles and massacres that developed from the during those sad times. Thank you.